This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This is Fresh Air. I'm Tanya Mosley. To celebrate the July 4th holiday, we're reaching into our archives for an interview Terry Gross recorded with singer, songwriter, and actor Janelle Monet. Her music is an eclectic and unique blend of Afro-futurist funk, soul, and hip-hop, filled with sci-fi and gender-bending imagery. In recent years, Monet has been more public about her own gender identity, coming out as non-binary, and choosing the pronouns they-them as well as she-her. She's also established herself as an actor, co-starring in the film Hidden Figures, which was nominated for an Oscar in 2017, and in the film that won Best Picture that year, Moonlight. Last year, she co-starred in the popular Netflix film The Glass Onion, a knives-out mystery. Last month, Monet released her fourth album, The Age of Pleasure. Before we hear our interview with Monet, rock critic Ken Tucker has a review of her latest album. I look into your eyes and I get that rush. Maybe cause tonight you're gonna be my crush. I look around and I get that rush. Maybe cause tonight you're gonna be my from the moment Janelle Monet began her new album by rapping, I'm feeling much lighter, I float, I was drawn in by this completely disarming collection called The Age of Pleasure. No matter what mood you're in, it dissolves any resistance you may have about giving in to its joy, its seductiveness, its glowing positivity. Monet's previous album, The Grandly Ambitious Dirty Computer, came out in 2018, the same year as the first Black Panther movie, and filled with a similar kind of Afrofuturism. Monet's version crossed the science fiction of Octavia Butler with the pop eclecticism of Stevie Wonder. In contrast to this, The Age of Pleasure is intentionally smaller-scaled, more intimate, in some ways more low-key and lo-fi. Listen to the use of an acoustic piano on this song called Only Have Eyes for Two. It's as though Thelonious Monk walked in to plink out a couple of chords to provide the song with its hook. I like to love with my eyes closed. I try not to lead with my ego. Everything happened in slow mo. But we all smiled and said it's alright. Cause you're the one, you're the one. Double the fun, triple the time for love. You're the one, you're the one. You suck the words from my tongue. That's when I knew I.
The undulating rhythm of that song is typical of the range of sounds and styles Monet uses with such serene confidence. She taps into genres native to Africa and the Caribbean, as well as American R&B. Listen to the way she deploys a punchy Afrobeat horn section to jumpstart the song No Better. As the title The Age of Pleasure suggests, the songs here describe the life of a Sybarite engaged in the pursuit of sensual happiness. That sounds simple, but it's not. Monet knows that as a non-binary person of color, the seeking of pleasure is always complicated or even impeded by cultural and political history. Thus, this album serves as a kind of affirmative aggression, an insistence that the artist is going to live and make her art exactly as she pleases. You can come along, but don't get in her way. I like lipstick on my neck. You let me know I'm your number one select. I like lipstick on my neck, hands around my waist, so you know what's coming next. I want to feel your lips on mine. I just want to feel... At one point, Janelle Monet name-checks David Bowie, and I suspect she may be thinking of his Let's Dance period, that moment in the 1980s when he teamed up with producer Niall Rogers to say, in effect, the world is going crazy, so let's dance. Monet is refashioning that sentiment to fit our current moment. She's made a party record that takes pleasure seriously. Rock critic Ken Tucker reviewed Janelle Monet's album The Age of Pleasure. The first time Terry interviewed Janelle Monet was in 2009, after Monet's first studio album, Metropolis, The Chase Suite, was released. The music is eclectic, influenced by hip hop with multiple sci fi references. It's also very theatrical, which makes sense, because Monet's original ambition was to be on Broadway. Several of the songs on this album were about a fictional character, an android, named Cindy Mayweather, who lives in the year 2719. This track is called Violet Star's Happy Hunting. I'm an alien from outer space. I'm a cyber girl without a face, a heart or a That's my guest, Janelle Monet from her new album, Metropolis. Janelle Monet, welcome to Fresh Air. I really like your music. Um, now, what we're hearing is a very theatrical production, and it's 
it's it's all about a character. I mean, you, you have this whole like cyborg fantasy. You have this whole futuristic fantasy that's enacted on your album, and in your videos, you are in costumes, and I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's theater. And in fact, your your idea was to be in theater. You wanted to be in Broadway musicals, and before ending up in Atlanta, where you live now, you went to New York. Uh, after high school to to study music there and hope to get onto Broadway. Um, why did why was Broadway your first ambition? Well, um, I've I've always uh, loved you know music and and um, theater. So the first thing was to combine those two. But in high school, I was heavily involved in musical theater productions, and it, it was a time where I felt most free on stage. Um, I really did have lots of ideas in my own mind. Uh, I had lots of uh, musical theater ideas myself, and I wanted to connect with other people who I thought were similar to me. Uh, there are times when I'd just be in Walgreens or the doctor's office or somewhere you know, normal in a natural environment, and I'd just break out into song and come up with characters and go home and, and write about it. And so I wanted to, to meet others like myself so I didn't feel so odd or, or weird. I wanted to interpret art and music uh, the way that I saw it in my own mind. Now, I want to play another track from your new CD, Metropolis, and this is called sure. Sincerely Jane. And and this isn't about being in outer space. This is about being in the inner city where there's problems with crack and gangbanging. And I, um, is there a story behind writing this song? Well, it was a letter written to me uh, from my mother. I had left you know, Kansas. Uh, I grew up in, in Wyandotte County, uh, one of the, the poorest counties in, in Kansas. And, you know, at an early age, I was I was exposed to those, you know, around me who had gone to really dark places in their lives because of drugs. Uh, one of the lines uh, that I've written, are we really living or just walking dead? And that's just a question that I, I've asked myself and I I've challenged uh, people in my life to ask themselves, too, because there's a big difference, of course. You know, a song can change your life, and I was, I've was i always hoped that whoever listened to that, that tune, um, they were able to really self-evaluate and figure out a way uh, to live. And so, yeah, the, the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, but they come from a, a true experience and, and a place that my mom, you know, told me to just stay away, you know, because this is what's going on uh, in your neighborhood. So, One more thing before we hear Sincerely, Jane. The arrangement on this is fantastic. There's like French horns and timpani. Um, yeah. Can you talk about the arrangement and why you wanted something this big behind you? Sure. Well, um, I've always uh, had a deep admiration for uh, the orchestra, and I visit here in Atlanta as often as I possibly can the uh, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Um, you know, we've been a huge supporter, too, of uh, James Bond and and uh, Shirley Basie. She's one of my favorite, uh, favorite vocalists. And what we wanted to do, we wanted to make the, the French horn cry because, you know, the letter was so touching. And I wanted people, when they listened to it, to actually hear those French horns crying and, and those strings, you know, um, pleading, you know, and, and with my, my voice, I, I wanted it to touch the corners of their heart. Okay, well, let's hear it. This is Sincerely Jane from Janelle Monet's new CD, Metropolis. Left the city, my mama, she said, don't come back home. These kids around killing each other, they lost their minds, they go. 
That's Janelle Monet from her new CD, Metropolis. So how did you actually get out from your neighborhood in Kansas City to study in New York? Did you get a scholarship? Yeah, I did. I did. I got a, uh, a really cool scholarship for the American Musical and Dramatics Academy, and it was the only school I had applied to. So, I mean, I was really like, okay, uh, hopefully this works. You know, this would be my golden ticket. <laughs> and to make it into that program, uh, you know, was was really a defining moment for my life, and my life really depended on that moment. Did you have an audition? And if so, what did you sing for the audition? Wow, I did. I had an audition, and I sang, uh, what did I sing? I was, uh, I want to say I was Cinderella in the uh, production in my high school, and so there was a song called In My Own Little Corner, um, which I really connected to emotionally for some strange reason. But yeah, it was it was from Rogers and uh, Hammerstein's uh, Cinderella. And uh, I've always loved them too. You know, the, they gave me my first real connection with strings mm-hmm. because of, of the songs, the tunes that they would compose. Um, that's when I first fell in love with strings with, was when I was in that production. Can you sing a few bars of that song? <laughs> uh, I think it was... Uh, in my own little corner, in my own little chair, I can be whatever I want to be. On the wing of my fancy, I can fly anywhere, and the world will open its arms to me. So, yeah. Well, I can see why you related to that. That sounds exactly like the story you've been telling us about your life. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really true. Now, I want to play another song, and this is from an album that um, you you released. I don't know if it was on your own label or what, but it was before your new album. And it, it's called Janelle Mo- Monet, The Audition. And um, this um. track is called Cindy, and it sounds a little like the story you're telling us about somebody who, who, who wants to sing and who wants to be a star and doesn't really find a place for herself. Cindy is a song that's just about uh, appreciating oneself. Um, there was a point in time in my life where I searched, and uh, even when I got into the the recording industry, um, there was a way that people, you know, would try to get me to go because it was most safe and conventional. And um, I've always had a, a burning fire, a heart like you know James Brown, and uh, I know that, and I, I knew that you know my gift. Uh, uh, isn't and was not going to be easy, um, you know, to just for people to to accept, which is fine. And I had to come to grips with that. So in writing Cindy, I just talked about that journey, that small journey uh, in which I pondered. And I really, you know, uh, toyed with the idea of, uh, of blending in. But at the end of the day, um, you know, that that wasn't going to work out. Well, let's hear it. And this is from Janelle Monet's first album, a self self released um, CD called The Audition, and this is Cindy. As I search for a home and a place to belong, I find it hard to fit in. I need lots of pretty girls in this fantasy world. Wait. So I try to be Cindy 
That's Cindy from Janelle Monae's first self-release CD called The Audition. Um, no, as as we can hear, you 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 have a voice that really could have made it on Broadway. Like you have a, a beautiful, you know, legit sounding voice. But what you're singing now is um, in a beautiful voice is 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 like your own breed of hip hop. Did you feel like you had to change your voice in any way to um, when you changed your aspirations from Broadway to hip hop? <laughs> well, you know. No, I, I actually didn't. Um, you know, I don't really categorize uh, uh, anything that I do or say. Oh, you know, this is the genre that I'm trying to go into, and you know, still to this day, I don't, I don't have a name for for necessarily what I call uh, my sound or what it is that we're doing. Um, it's one of those things where you know, I don't have, I don't force anything, and and by nature, I think that I've always been been drawn drawn to women like Judy Garland, uh, who, who always kept a very uh, classic and timeless voice. Uh, even Anita Baker at times. I, I love I love her voice as well. Um, so, you know, taking those out would just be taking a part of me away. Janelle Monet, thank you so much for talking with us. Oh, thank you again, Terry. It was my pleasure. Janelle Monet speaking to Terry Gross in 2009. Coming up, their second conversation, recorded in 2020, about her album Dirty Computer, her early ambitions to star in Broadway musicals, and getting an unexpected call from Prince. Last month, Monet released her latest album, The Age of Pleasure. Here's a track from it. I'm Tanya Mosley. This is Fresh Air. Feel your ocean come to my moon. Let our rain become a monsoon. I want the rush. You're gonna be my crush I look around and I get that rush Maybe cause tonight you're gonna be my oh. Skin to skin, I wanna take my time Break it in, I wanna make you mine I look around and I get that rush Maybe cause tonight I'm trying to catch that feeling mm, You're just my type, I really wanna feel it This message is brought to you by Apple Pay. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the Wallet app and you're good to go. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. Sometimes it takes a different approach to unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format is designed to help you learn relevant skills at your own pace, so you can earn your degree on your terms and apply what you learn right away. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. There's a new way to support this show and public media. Please consider signing up for the NPR Plus podcast bundle. NPR Plus listeners get to unlock sponsor-free shows and bonus episodes. You can find out more at plus.npr.org. And thanks. Janelle Monet is a singer, songwriter, and actor. And when she performed the opening song at the 2020 Oscars, she electrified the audience. 
It was an acknowledgement of her growing importance in the worlds of movies and music. And she used that appearance as an opportunity to describe her own identity, saying she was proud to be there as a queer Black artist. Monet first became known as her alter ego, an android named Cindy Mayweather. She often appeared in a tuxedo, wearing her hair in a high pompadour. Her album Dirty Computer was nominated for two Grammys in 2018, including Album of the Year. Terry spoke with Monet about that album and the android character she created. In Dirty Computer, your 2018 album Dirty Computer, you play Jane 57821 in a futuristic society where people who don't conform are considered dirty computers. And they have to be cleaned, which means like their memories are clean, too. Um, so did you feel some resonance with that aspect of the story? Sure. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to live in, in a world where you are the minority, where you are, um, you know, a part of, of, of a marginalized group of people. And, and what happens when when those in the position of power uh, strip you of your identity and, and strip you uh, of the things that, that make you special um, and that and that helped make, make this country special and this world special. And in Dirty Computer, you were dirty if you looked different, showed any form of opposition at all. If you were dirty, it was only a matter of time. And you're told to recite, I am a dirty computer. I am ready to be clean. And I know you've said you relate to this idea that you created because you felt so marginalized, you felt like such an outsider for so much of your life. I'm wondering how it felt to open the Oscars, to have the opening song on the Oscars and declare your pride to be standing there as a black queer artist. Well, I mean, I think I'm, I made the statement, you know, throughout music and Dirty Computer. And if, you know, you listen even to my first album, I have a song on there called Mushrooms and Roses second album you know I, I spoke I spoke about it I think one of the things that I was I was dealing with was abandonment issues and my dad you know growing up and we're very close you know now and he's like you know my best friend and he's doing so much better but one of the things that I dealt with growing up was my father was in and out of my life you know on drugs in and out of prison and he was really sick. And as I mentioned, he's healthy now. We are in a much better space. And I didn't realize that all of of my, um, I guess, lack of not opening up was tied to having these abandonment issues. That perhaps if if I you know, told my family, which ultimately, if you make statements like that, your family's going to hear, hear, you know, and they're going to be like, what? We didn't know. And, and as loving as my family was, I thought, well, what if they abandoned me? You know, because I come from a Baptist family who's very religious. You know, I grew up listening to certain pastors say to me and say to the congregation, you know, if you are uh, not heterosexual, or if you're if you're gay or bisexual or queer, you know you're going to hell. And for me, a lot of it had to do with well, what would my family think? Well, like I don't want my my family to abandon me in the same way that I felt like my dad did growing up. And and what about 
you know, you start thinking about your fans and you start thinking about, well, what if people say that I'm opening up now because I want to sell albums? People have said that. And they said that about other folks. And what if people, you know, if I open up, what if they say, um, uh, I don't want to buy her albums anymore? You know, you know, it was it was this need of of um, uh, just I needed to heal. And I did. And I healed uh, through therapy. I healed through conversations. You know, it turns out not everybody in my family understands, you know, what it, what it means to to be me and what it means to be a part of the LGBTQIA plus communities, but I'm educating them and they're and they're finding out, and you know it just it took it took having those conversations uh, for me to feel comfortable enough to stand up on the Oscars to stand on the records that I made uh, and and to stand for for what I represent right now, uh, you know in this point in time in my life. Was it also an issue for you earlier that to talk about your own story and your own issues, been talking about your father's story and his addiction, and I don't know, I'm thinking maybe you didn't want to draw him into that, that maybe he wanted more privacy, and it's hard when your story is so intimately intersecting with somebody else's story and that story doesn't want to be public. And it, yeah. it limits your ability to tell your own story. For sure. I, th- I think you're right about that. I think I'm always trying to protect, you know, um, people that I love and care about because they didn't ask to be famous. They didn't ask to um, have this life. And it's never been about me even being famous. I just love being an artist and I love telling stories and I love connecting with people and sharing. And I think that this is a part of the game. Janelle Monet speaking with Terry Gross in 2020. We'll hear more after a break. This is Fresh Air. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Caitlin, a teen reeling from her parents' divorce, steals a valuable bird in order to save her home but instead forms a bond with the owner that leads her to a new outlook on life. Don't miss Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. If you're looking for a new way to support this show and public media, please consider signing up for the NPR Plus podcast bundle. NPR Plus listeners get to unlock sponsor-free listening and bonus episodes from NPR shows like this one. You can find out more at plus.npr.org. This is Fresh Air. We're listening to Terry's interview with singer-songwriter and actor Janelle Monet. Monet has earned eight Grammy nominations for her albums, and she's appeared in films like Moonlight, Hidden Figures, and the recent Netflix film Knives Out, Glass Onion. Terry Gross spoke to Monet in 2020. Let's hear some of your music. A great track from your 2018 album, Dirty Computer, is called Make Me Feel. Is there a story behind this song? <laughs> a story behind the song? I mean, I want it 
to make sure that if anyone felt like because they saw me in my tuxedo or saw me fully clothed and used me for like respectability politics, this was the song that I wanted to piss them off with. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have to say, when, when you say anybody who would confuse your tuxedo with the politics of respectability... Uh, like, I never would have thought of that tuxedo. I think, like, when a, a woman wears a tuxedo, it's a little different from when a man wears a tuxedo. And you're wearing a tuxedo with this kind of off-kilter pompadour doing James Brown moves. So I, I just think it would, most people would find it hard to equate that with <laughs> with the politics well, of respectability. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there is a category of folks who think because you're fully clothed and not understanding my story, which was to wear a uniform to pay homage to my working class parents who were janitors and my mom served food. She did have to wear, you know, uh, a tuxedo uniform when she was catering. And my dad, you know, was a trash man and drove trucks and helped clean up the city. You know, my, my parents were essential workers and I, early on wanted to pay homage to them and, and all those who were wearing uniforms, those who were serving in the country. So that was one reason why I was constantly wearing the black and white tuxedo. And then I wanted to rebel against, you know, um, the gender norms and what it meant to dress like a woman or what it meant to dress like a man, you know. And I always rebel and rebuke. <laughs> um, I've been this way since I've been a child. Uh, anybody trying to tell me, you know, who I should be and and using me to be a poster child for all things pure and all things good. And one thing about me is if the rest of the world was in tuxedos, I would be naked, you know? <laughs> That's the philosophy. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And for anybody out there who thought that Janelle Monet's style of dressing was about the politics of respectability... Uh, this song, Make Me Feel, is totally sexy, and how you look in the film companion to your album when you do this song is also totally sexy. So here is Janelle Monet doing her own song, Make Me Feel. Yeah. Baby, don't make me spell it out for you. All of the feelings that I got for you Can't be explained but I can try for you Yeah baby don't make me spell it out for you You keep on asking me the same questions And second guessing all my intentions Should know by the way I use my compression That you got the answers to my confessions it's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender An emotional sexual bender Mess me up, yeah, but no one does it better There's nothing better That's just the way you make me feel That's just the way you make me feel That's just the way you make me feel Stop it. You can be 
That's Janelle Monet doing her song Make Me Feel from her 2018 album Dirty Computer, and that's her latest album. There's definitely a Prince influence in that song. Did you sample him in that? <laughs> no, I did not. I didn't sample him. Um, Prince, however, was working with me on Dirty Computer before he transitioned on and and I was in the middle. It was it was difficult for me to finish the album because of that. And Prince was helping, sending me song inspirations. And uh, we were going back and forth. And so when he transitioned on, I, I felt uh, that I had to continue uh, to finish that album. And I was always asking myself, what would Prince do in these moments whenever I, I couldn't figure out, you know, a lyric or music or instrumentation or melody? How did you get to meet him and work with him? I had a show, and this was around my first, before the Arc Android came out, I had done an EP called Metropolis. I had just gotten finished performing. I opened up for Raphael Sadiq, and I had a sinus infection, and I was, I was not feeling well. And I went backstage, and I get this knock on the door, and I'm just like, oh, God, who is it? And it was uh, DJ Rashida. She had a phone in her hand, and she was like, I have somebody who wants to talk to you. And I was like okay, who are you and why should I be getting a phone from you? She was like, no, just just take the phone, take the phone. And I took the phone and I'm all stuffy. I'm like, hello. And then I just hear on the other end of the phone this voice that says, hello, Janelle. And I said, hi, who who is this? This is Prince. I'm sorry, who? Prince. I'm sorry I couldn't make your show. I got the times mixed up. Uh, really? You, you were going to come and see my show? I, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I wanted to come. I, I love your voice. I especially love your jazz voice. I love how you're taking control of your career. And, you know, I love, I love watching you. And at this point, I'm just like, I, I don't know what, what world I'm living in, if this is a prank or whatever. And I'm just like, thank you. Listen, would you like to come over tonight? You know, you and the band come over for a jam session. And I was just floored by the edit. I was like, yes, yes, yes. So he ends up hanging up and we all pile up in like, we couldn't even afford a tour bus. We pile up in this uh, white uh, church van. And that night, you know, we stayed up from maybe like midnight, one in the morning to seven in the morning. And he stood there on his rug with the rest of his band and he played all of his hits and he gave us the mic and we played pool I mean it was yeah I'm just I'm getting emotional just thinking about you know how how wonderful and beautiful that night was Janelle Monet speaking with Terry Gross in 2020 more of their conversation after this break this is Fresh Air this message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One the Capital One Venture X business card has no preset spending limit, so the card's purchasing power can adapt to meet business needs. Plus, the card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase, so the more a business spends, the more miles earned. And when traveling, the Venture X business card grants access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X business card, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureX business. 
The following message comes from NPR sponsor, Ameriprise Financial. SVP Marcy Kegler shares how clients can benefit from meeting with a financial advisor. Having a conversation with an Ameriprise financial advisor can provide you with a fresh perspective and personalized, goal-based financial advice to help you objectively take a fresh look at your financial situation. For more information and important disclosures, visit Ameriprise.com advice. Securities offered by Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You know, I think some people were surprised, like, oh, Janelle Monet, like a musician, a singer, she became an actress. But really, that was always your goal. I mean, you went to New York. Uh, you grew up in Kansas City, Kansas. You went to New York to study at the American Musical and Dramatics Academy. At the time, you wanted to be in Broadway musicals. So, I mean, your goal initially was to combine music and and acting. So let's start with why Broadway musicals? Why was that what you were aiming for? Well, I knew I just didn't want to um, to not sing. And at that time, I was, before I went to, to study at AMDA, I was always in music, musicals and in music classes, the acapella choir, and I was competing in talent showcases and doing cover songs of, you know, Destiny's Child and Lauren Hill and, um, you know, and then I was a thespian, an international thespian where I was monologue competing, like driving two, three hours with my team, with my drama club. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. What kind of monologue? Uh, it just depended on what we were reading at that time and what my teacher would help me pick. I was also into Shakespeare, so I would do after-school Shakespearean programs. Um, and, you know, I I was always doing that. And it, it both. It was never only do music, only do acting. And so I just thought mm-hmm. musical theater was a way to combine. Were you concerned that being black would limit the roles you'd be considered for on Broadway? For sure. For sure, it was partly one of the reasons why I I did not uh, want to go forward with it anymore, and it was because I I just I didn't see a lot of those leading roles that I could sink my teeth into, and mm-hmm. I'm also a writer. Um, I was writing a lot growing up. I was in the Young Playwrights Roundtable uh, at the Coterie Theater in Kansas City, Missouri, where you would write these uh, short stories, and if your material was good enough, the local actors would perform it. And I actually ended up getting kicked out of that program because my mom and I were sharing a car at the time. And, you know, she was working, trying to put food on the table. And she sometimes would, like, her job would run over, which meant if she was picking me up and she was late, then I was late for the after-school program. And, um... After so many times of being late, you know, because I was helping my mom and my mom couldn't come and pick me up on time because of her job, they they kicked me out. And I remember Did being so Did they not so understand hard. that your mother was working? I mean, that, that it wasn't that your issue? It was that didn't matter. That she didn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it wow. didn't matter. And I, I hold no hard feelings. So mm. if anyone's listening, like I've actually spoken to some of them, um, but it actually changed my life. It put me on a path of um, determination. You know, I wasn't going to let that stop me. I was crushed. 
So when you did start your movie career, I don't even know how this happened. You were in two films that were nominated for Best Picture, like Hidden Figures and Moonlight, which actually won in that category. Um, How did you go from not having an acting career to being in such, in films that had such a big impact? When I read Moonlight, I knew that that was a special film. You know, I didn't know that it was going to win an Oscar because I just thought that, I don't know, I I didn't think that like a, cast of basically all black people would get an opportunity to to win best picture um especially like a small indie you know feeling film like that and um i mean it was just so specific it was undeniable you know um the story and my role my character as teresa uh she represented so many aunts and mother-like figures who uh, I think she was a great example of of how to how to nurture someone who is is trying to uncover their identity and and trying to understand more about their sexuality. You know, just how to listen. There's a song I want to play from your first album, and I played this the first time we talked, which was when your first album came out. And the song is called "Sincerely Jane," and you had told me then that it it was based on a letter that your mother wrote to you. Before we hear the song, and I really love this track, um, can you tell us about the letter that your mother wrote to you that inspired the song? When I moved away, um, I want to say when I moved to New York for college, yeah, she had, we would write letters to each other and she would just keep me posted on what was going on. And I'm from Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas, and... Uh, Kansas City, Missouri is like five minutes away. It's like a bridge separates us. And a lot of my friends were being murdered. Um, a lot of my friends, you know, from, from gun violence. And uh, a lot of my cousins that I remember playing with growing up were, you know, unable to, to go to college. And if they did, some of them would just stay back home and kind of... Um, sell drugs and some of my cousins were in fact selling drugs to (laughs) our family members and this isn't you know unique to me you know it just happens you know everybody is hustling and you know one of the the lines in that song is are we really living or just walking dead and um everything wasn't all bad you know growing up like I just want to be clear about that um, <laughs> I had some of the best summers of my life with my family. And when you grow up in a big family like I have, you know, with over 50 first cousins and lots Whoa. of aunts, and <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? It's your yeah. own community. You're mm-hmm. swimming together. You're uh, uh, singing together. You're popping fireworks together. You are uh, watching movies together. I mean, I used to watch a lot of films, scary movies. Horror is one of my favorite genres. And I remember watching Freddy Krueger and um, Child's Play and 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 um, Halloween, you know, with my cousins and my nose would be bleeding. Don't ask me why, but and I loved every moment of it. Well, I, w- I want to play this song because I I know it might not mean that much to you anymore, but I th- I think it's really great. And another thing that's great about this song is the arrangement. I mean, you have timpani and French horns, um, and I remember you telling me when we had the first interview that you used to go to the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra a lot and listen to them. And I think it's really great that as a, you know, as a young artist that you are ambitious enough to find a way 
to work all of that in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess one of the things that I love, and then I, when I look back, I'm realizing that there were just, you know, hints of eclecticism and just like freedom. You know, even though there were always folks, you know, in in your community trying to keep you uh, in a corner and control you. And sometimes people use religion to do that and certain things. There was still exploration in me and I'm just thankful for that. And there's still wanting to bridge, you know, lots of different styles of music and, and figuring out, um, how to learn from different cultures. And when I love string arrangements, I love timpanis. I love watching the orchestra just as much as I love, you know, uh, a grimy hip hop song or a rap song. Um, uh, I love jazz, you know, we love all these different things. And, and I just, I don't believe in, I don't look at music in a binary way. (laughs) (laughs) Janelle Monet, thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing and seeing more of you. Thank you so much. Oh, likewise, Terry. Thank you so, so very much. Left the city, my mama, she said, don't come back home. These kids around killing each other, they lost their minds, they go. They quit in school making babies and can barely reach them. Going on to their wall, Lord have mercy on them. One, two, three, four, cousins just round here selling gold. While they daddy's your uncle is walking around strong now. The interview we just heard with Janelle Monet was recorded in 2020. Her new album released last month is called The Age of Pleasure. On the next Fresh Air, we learn about gender from people who are intersex, born with both anatomical and or chromosomal variations, some of which are typically defined as male, others as female. We'll talk with Alicia roth Wagel, one of three intersex people profiled in the new film Everybody, and Julie Cohen, the film's director. Join us. To keep up with what's on the show and to get highlights of our interviews, follow us on Instagram at NPR Fresh Air. Fresh Air's executive producer is Danny Miller. Our technical director and engineer is Audrey Bentham. Our engineer today is Adam Staniszewski. Our interviews and reviews are produced and edited by Amy Sallett, Phyllis Myers, Sam Brigger, Lauren Krenzel, Heidi Saman, Teresa Madden, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Thea Challoner, Seth Kelly, and Susan Nyakundi. Our digital media producer is Molly C.V. Nesper. Roberta Shorak directs the show. For Terry Gross, I'm Tanya Mosley. I like to love with my eyes closed. I try not to lead with my ego. Everything happened in slow-mo. But we all smiled and said it's all right. Cause you're the one, you're the one. Double the fun, triple the time for love. You're the one, you're the one You sucked the words from my tongue That's when I knew I
sip from the same glass She bit your neck and I like that We said some things we can't take back I'm happy it's out in the This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Support for this podcast comes from the Neubauer Family Foundation, supporting WHYY's Fresh Air and its commitment to sharing ideas and encouraging meaningful conversation.